I know the 21 pilots, they're from Hawaii, Columbus. That's right. Yes, Columbus, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I do know about That's Hawaii. Right. <laughs> it's funny that you, you could probably know, you know, not living in America, maybe your awareness of America is because of your love of music, where different bands might be formed. Aerosmith's from Boston. Metallica's obviously from California. Right. Blink's from San Diego. Bon Jovi's from New Jersey. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a what? A bonus? Not a bonus episode. I don't even know what to call it, but welcome to an I interview. I think it is bonus. Episode what are you going to call it? I don't know. It may even oh. have a different theme song. I don't know. <gasps> you heard it. You listened. Mm. Did it? Write me and tell me. Extra, extra. <laughs> welcome to a bonus interview episode. So look, we mentioned on our show earlier this weekend, if you mm -hmm. haven't heard that, go and check it out. We talked about tropes in the 80s films, mm -hmm. um, but it was inspired by this gentleman that uh, we're about to talk to, Dream Kid, uh, Ryan Morris, uh, better known as Dream Kid on Instagram and TikTok, a, a musician for many, many years whose following just in increased uh, beyond exponentially. I don't know. There's a word for it. I'm not an accountant mm -hmm. or a statistician or a mathematician. <laughs> but went from 2,000 to 100,000 uh, followers in just five weeks. And I believe it's wow. by sharing these little snippets, like 30-second uh, mm -hmm. scores where he uh -huh. scores a 1980s film trope of uh -huh. his own creation. Uh -huh. Right. So, yeah. So, and look, we're, we're going to chat with the Dream Kid because I became a fan by these videos. That's how I found mm -hmm. him. You know, these things were right. getting recommended yep. to me. I was like, love this. Yeah. You're one of the 100,000. Uh -huh. See, that you're, you're, you're part of yes. the success. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you're welcome, Dream Kid. <laughs> so, and we talked about this on the, our episode earlier this week, but the kind of music that he's, I only learned about this researching my, to talk with Dream Kid was that the kind of music that the genre he's in is this thing called synthwave, which yes. even though it'll trigger all the feels of 1980s, it's not a music that was indigenous to that decade. Uh -huh, it's uh -huh. an outgrowth, a spinoff of it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it existed in the films of the 1980s. Think about John yes. Carpenter in particular, or maybe mm -hmm. it was a Tangerine Dream. Uh, mm -hmm. Not so much Wendy Carlos. Right. But, but the, you're, but, you're, you're saying the characters didn't hear that kind of music, but we did when we were watching the yes. characters. Yeah. Right. I get you. Yes. yes. And it wasn't mm -hmm. also, Synthwave almost sounds like it's a type of pop music. But when we think mm -hmm. about synth pop, mm -hmm. or when we think about 80s, we're thinking about synth pop. So Duran right. Duran, Depeche Mode. New Order, mm -hmm. these groups that leaned heavily on keyboards and because they had vocals, you know, lyrics, et cetera. That's what we grew up listening to. Yes. This is right. something yes. new. It's kind of a, a merger of these things where, you know, on Dream Kids' debut album, which is out now, and you, you should, mm -hmm. folks should definitely check it out on Outla Outland Recordings. You can find mm -hmm. it anywhere. And in fact, you can get it on a cassette, a CD, or vinyl record if you go to Bandcamp. <laughs> oh, I, got, cool. I got mine on Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. um, but on there, you'll hear he he has lyrics and sings to you know some of these uh, songs as well, and they're all fantastic. I really enjoy watching the short clips. I love the facial expressions that yeah. he makes <laughs> while he's he's playing on his Tinkering you know whatever away. it is yeah. the little keyboard and eyebrows yeah. and the, oh my gosh, it's really cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just fun. You can tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's why it's become popular, right? When somebody loves what they're doing, and you can see uh -huh. that yeah. joy in them, it's yeah. infectious. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, on top of incredible talent, yada yada yada. Yes, you're right. Clearly, he's enjoying what he's talented. doing. Talented. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. you're right. Yeah, and he, yes, he, the, the nexus of his talent and mm -hmm. that passion that comes through mm -hmm. and those right. tropes. Uh -huh. There, yeah. For some reason, again, me and yeah. you guys in a hundred thousand or nine hundred and ninety nine. <laughs> nine hundred and ninety. What is it? 
99,000. There's, there's going to be a seven in there. Yeah. 997. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yes. Follow. I was going to get the calculator for you. Which it's probably, it's probably like, you know, 500,000. It's right. It's much more now. Right? Yeah, it's more now. Hey, we'll be back in just a moment with my conversation with Dream Kid. As the charismatic lead guitarist for the popular band New Volume, our guest today has honed his music skills over the last several years. So it may surprise many who first discovered him on social media that our guest was already an accomplished musician well before he seemingly burst onto the scene within the last several months. That's because our guest recently has emerged as a leader in the ever-developing synthwave music scene, a genre that will have you reminiscing about the 1980s, even though this style of music didn't exist commercially during that decade. While you may have only enjoyed his music at 30 seconds at a time on TikTok or Instagram, as he cleverly scores 1980s movie tropes, our guest has just released his self-titled debut album, Dream Kid. It's a clever collection of tracks that sound both contemporary and retro at the same time that will have you alternately pining for your long-lost high school sweetheart or driving a little too quickly down a country road. You can get your copy right now at dreamkid83.bandcamp.com or visit dreamkid83.com for more information. Please welcome to the show, Ryan Morris, Dream Kid. Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, although it's freezing where I am. How is it, uh, the weather cool. there in South Africa? Uh, no, it's, it's the opposite of freezing. Yeah, it's very humid and okay. very stuffy. And yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's called Belito. It's like a small coastal town just uh, north of Durban in South Africa. So that's right. where I am at the moment. So you've been in a band for years, New Volume, which is very different than the kind of music that brought you to my attention. Yeah. And, and New Volume is fantastic. It's a great band. Folks should check out New Volume too. Yeah. Um, considering that you've been in New Volume for so so long, where did Dream Kid come from? Um, I've obviously loved 80s synthwave style music. I've loved it for a long time. And I've always wanted to do something. And it was only over lockdown where I was kind of like, you know, we weren't playing gigs in new volume. So I was like, I need to do something else. And I've, I've always been a bit overwhelmed with the whole production side of things. Like in terms of, but I didn't really have much knowledge of how to produce my own music, like professionally. I mean, I dabbled in little bits and bobs like over the years, but it was only over lockdown. I was like, okay, let me just, let me learn production. And as I was learning production, I, I just started writing these songs and Genuinely, when I write a song, it's, it's always 80 sounding. Like, so basically the dream kit thing came about in lockdown and I wrote the songs as I was learning production. And then it just started, people were just kind of getting drawn to it and it just became a thing. And 
Yeah, that's how that started. <laughs> so did you, were you able to express your love for 80s music or your, your and you know, and beyond, obviously 80s, 90s, like you pointed out, you were young in the 80s, but it bled over into the 90s, even 80s punk became, you know, not 90s grunge and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Did, did, did your love for that early music still come out in your music for, even for new volume? A little bit. In terms of the 80s style of things, we did touch touch a bit on onto it, but I would say it's more alternative rock with a with a little bit of an 80s side, little influence there. But right. I wouldn't say it's, 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 it's as 80s as Dream Kid. Right. Yeah. And Dream Kid is, you know, what, we call, what we're calling this day and age synth wave or retro wave. How would you <laughs> yeah. describe that for folks who don't aren't familiar? It's basically 80s movie score music that's over-exaggerated and maybe made into pop songs. I'll, that's kind of how, how I explain it. And it's kind of, it's over-exaggeration of 80s music. So it's more mm-hmm. 80s sounding than actual 80s music. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how it's kind of, that's what I'll tell people anyways, but I don't know right. if that's, that's that's how I see it. Yeah, so. I, I only recently learned or even considered this because I knew we were going to talk. Yeah. That synth, that synth wave didn't exist in the 80s. It Like you, you described it perfectly. No. It's how we think about the 1980s. Yeah. You know, how we feel about the 1980s. Yeah, it's more about that. So it's more about the nostalgia than the actual. Because if you listen to 80s, actual 80s artists, yeah. they don't sound like as... as like better really sound they're like touched into it but it's not it's just an over exaggerate just like taking every little 80s right. thing you can and just just yeah and then it's obviously it's a lot to do with this, the movie score music right from back then right but it's yeah. put made into actual songs not just background music yeah yeah, uh, yeah, that's a perfect way of describing it because I thought the same thing too. And it's more like, uh, you know, Tangerine Dream and uh, Risky Business, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I, how I came to know you is probably how many people came to know you because I, and I saw you posted on posted on your socials not too long ago that you went from 2,000 to 100,000 followers in five weeks completely organically. And yeah. it's got to be because of these was- short videos where you're scoring... 80s movie tropes, I think, right? Yeah, it, it actually started on TikTok first. So I had a couple, it only started on, in October of last year. I, I had a TikTok and I, I did one TikTok and it kind of hit like, I got like a thousand followers in one day. And I was like, okay. And I started pushing it a bit. And then another video just hit like one and a half million. And then I was like, okay. And then, and then another one hit like two and a half million. <laughs> and then I started doing TikTok for a couple of weeks. And then obviously I would take the same videos and I'd post them on my YouTube shorts. Right. And then I would post them on, on my Facebook, I mean, Instagram reels. And then the reels just started going like crazy. And now the fed, the Instagram's taken over the TikTok, but they're still going, they're still both kind of simultaneously going. But the fact that they're both, both kind of took off organically clearly shows that people are into it. So yeah. Yeah, connecting with this. Yeah, idea. but I, I enjoy doing it. It's fun, you know. So, and and for folks who don't know, and you should definitely check out uh, Dream Kid eighty three on on any of the social platforms. But what Ryan does is he posts a trope essentially, and then you hear him, you know, and see him playing the music that would score that. And I've got some <laughs> examples here. Uh, maybe I'm paraphrasing some of these. It's 1988. A group of teens are b- getting chased on their BMX bikes by an evil villain. Uh-huh. It's 1982. You've joined a gym and ready to make your ex regret leaving you. 
Uh, which comes first, the, the trope or the music? It can be both ways. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I'll know exactly. I want to make, you know, some music that sounds like this quote. And then sometimes while I'm doing it, I realize uh, it doesn't really sound like what I was going for. So I'll like at the last minute, I'll change the quote to make it suit the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can kind of, yeah, I can go either way. Right. And also depends on my mood because some people are like, can you make more darker, darker ones? And can oh. you make more happier ones? And it kind of like depends on my mood in the day. Sure. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to make a dark one. I want to make like a real <laughs> futuristic, you know, dark wave. And then I end up making this happy, oh. <laughs> romantic kind of sounding tune. So it's, I just, I just kind of go with what I feel right. on that particular day. Right. And I and actually, I make them on the day. I'm, I make, I make the song, I film the song and I post them all in, in a few hours, like I do the whole thing. Wow. Is it, is it, do you find it as a, a great creative exercise to even just stay sharp, just doing these things frequently? And Definitely. I think it's good to keep on it. And I had a lot of songs that I was obviously going to, that I thought were ready for my next album. Well, I had like half the songs done. And then when I started doing these reels and TikToks, a lot of those songs I originally had planned, I've replaced them with, songs that I've made doing all of these videos because I just think they're way better. Are any of the uh, songs on your debut album, your self-titled debut album, uh, did any of them originate from those exercises? No, no. I wasn't doing these videos when I wrote the debut. And the album is, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, It's exactly as you described. It's like taking a movie score from the 80s, you know, even going further than that. And some of them have lyrics and just fantastic. Again, hitting on these different things that we associate with the 1980s, even if they weren't true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That we associate with them. <laughs> yeah, it's just about getting the imagination going. As you say, it doesn't have to be true or, yeah. or realistic. <laughs> I expected when you were singing about America that it was going to be ironic, you know? Because in the 1980s, the movies were fant- happy and the music was happy, but there's a lot of shit going down in America in the 1980s uh, that, uh, you know, I thought maybe it was going to, there was going to be a turn. No, it's more the glamorized movie version of America. Yeah. I would say. yeah. And also coming from someone like me, I grew up in South Africa who kind of always fantasized about America just from watching all the movies and that yeah. kind of thing, you know? Well, it's, it's funny that, you know, so you, like you mentioned, you, you grew up in uh, Durban, South Africa there, that area that your childhood, just from your bio on your website, it sounds like a 1980s, what people think of as a 1980s America. Uh, and just quoting from your site, uh, having grown up on the sunny eastern shores of South Africa, spending most of his youth surfing, skateboarding, playing guitar, uh, <laughs> starting a, po- a punk band. I mean, this is like, mm. this is a 1980s, this is a John Hughes movie right there. <laughs> well, to be honest, um, Durban uh, back then, or well, still now, I suppose, but the, the whole beach promenade is very much like the whole Venice beach okay. kind of thing. Mm. It's weird. Surfers and skaters and people on rollerblades and palm trees and 
it was the same kind of laugh, I would say, very similar. Because right. I've even been to, I mean, I've been to Venice, Venice and stuff, and I was like, oh, this is quite very similar to how I remember growing up on the beachfront in Durban. So, and what was the music scene like uh, growing up there? Um, we had a lot of American American bands and the same kind of stuff that you would listen to on the radio. We all kind of got the same thing and UK bands as well. Right. And it was all, I think it was all similar, same stuff that you guys would listen to. I would say. Right. I used to watch like MTV and all that and all the all the music you would see on MTV that would be playing on the radio here and stuff. So it all kind of matched up. Yeah, I'm a bad American in the sense that, or a typical American in this sense that I think <laughs> no one has anything outside of America. We have it all here. You know, it's, it's yeah, yeah. everything outside of here is, you know, whatever. Yeah. But even growing up on the East Coast in New Jersey, I thought they don't have hip hop in Ohio or anywhere else. This stuff is just here. Just here, yeah. yeah. Or it's delayed. It takes years to get anywhere else. Yeah. Well, that's what we did get delayed. Movies, we got delayed. Like a movie would come out in America and like two months later we would get it. Yeah. So I, I, re- I, I, I saw you talking about that as a young, as a young, as a kid, as a toddler, I suppose, like you said, uh, the first mm-hmm. tape, your mom took you to buy music and their first tape was MC Hammer. Yeah. I want to say great parents. Please, it was called a Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, I think. I think yes. That was okay. It. Sure. <laughs> But yeah, hey, great way to start out. I'm a big fan of a hip hop. So yeah, I, I note that. So you said a lot of folks were asking you, for, and I'm not surprised. A lot of folks were asking for you to press your debut album on vinyl, which you did, and you sold 200 uh, records in 24 hours. Uh, do you own records? Do you mm-hmm. are you yourself a fan of uh, records, vinyl? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I will, but at the moment I'm a bit of a minimalist, so mm-hmm. I don't really have like I kind of I keep everything just I have a, a few things, and I just kind of. So I don't own a lot of things like that, um, but I would. I'm sure yeah. I wonder to get a sense of like, oh, definitely. do people today buy them because they want to play them like we did, you know, when we were younger or do they, are they just collecting them like Funko Pops? I think it's like Funko Pops. I think it's a novelty. Yeah. I think it's just cool to have it. Um, it's just like you buy the cassette and, and you know that you could probably get just as good quality listening to, you know, on Spotify, but you might want that warmer sound. Yeah. I know vinyl's got a bit of warmer sound and the same with cassettes. And I think it's part of the nostalgia, I would say. Right. But it's definitely like a Funko Pop. I collect Funko Pops. That's what I do collect. Is that right? Oh, I nailed it. (laughs) Taking a wild guess. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Look, I grew up, I grew up listening to records, had hundreds of records. And at some point, I think when I went to college, I had to get rid of them. And then I can't, I would love to have them in a sense, but like you say, they take up a lot of space. Yeah. Uh, I could just now press a, Thing on my phone and yeah. listen. Then you move house or something, and you're like, ah, oh, all this stuff. You know? Right. So, but have you been approached yet? And would you be uh, amenable to actually scoring a film with the type of music that you write? Yeah, I would definitely be into that. I have been approached already. Very good. But uh, I've kind of like put it on the back seat a bit because I'm trying to work on my own music right now. But it is something that I would like to do. Very good. But obviously, I'd like to be known more as an actual artist than than someone who scores movies. But obviously, you know, hey, Daft Punk scored Tron, right? Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd be up to do it every now and then. <laughs> yeah, and unlike them, yeah. you could sing your own songs. Yeah, if they wanted me to sing, or can get other people to sing them. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> so I want to say, look, I'm so grateful for, for you joining us and I'm so grateful for your, your music because look, I'm, I'm a big fan of synth music from the 1980s. Uh, 
And so yeah. to hear folks like yourself continue, even if it's this, like you talked about, maybe an over-exaggerated or sort of nostalgic version of it, to keep that music alive and to see it, such an interest yeah. and passion for it still just warms my heart. Awesome. No, I'm pleased to hear that. Thank you. So <laughs> thanks for joining us uh, today, Ryan. We appreciate it. Cheers, Well, Appreciate it. All of the tracks we've been listening to throughout the show are from Dream Kid's debut album, Dream Kid. You can get your copy right now at dreamkid83.bandcamp.com or just go to dreamkid83.com. There's links there that'll tell you how to get your hands on it. Thanks for listening. And on behalf of Kat, John, and myself, we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness.